It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris, and happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour. It's a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the Fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they have a four-hour happy hour here every single day of the week. That's a weekday, and on the weekends, they have an awesome brunch. During the happy hour, all the food at the bar is half price, and all the drinks in the whole joint are half price. All the appetizers are half price. Oh, I thought it was all the bar food. Oh, okay. At the bar, all the food. Yeah. All the- I thought if I, got a, if I said at the bar, that would get us around it legally. But, well, let, yeah, that, that's clear. <laughs> okay, good enough. Close enough. They're not going to sue us, are they, anybody? This no. is Andrew Duhon, who's back in town from back. being away. What's, it, what's that? Got your back. Thank you very much, Aziz. Aziz, if you can talk, you have to lend her this oh, black thing. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I know, you know what that is. This is Plus Aziz, everybody. Hi. From a band called Kuwaisiana. That's right. Now, nice. You have to t- enter the thing. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's check. it. That's it. So, Kuwaisiana is a band that plays Kuwaiti music. Uh, or not Arabic exactly. Music? I would or say it's like uh, indie rock, but I'm using and reclaiming my uh, language. So I'm singing in Kuwaiti dialect, and slowly but surely we're introducing more uh, like Khaliji rhythms, as in that rhythms from the Arabian Peninsula. And what does that mean, mean Khaliji? Khaliji is like that's the Arabian Peninsula. So uh, by the way, how about my accent? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> See if you can say that, Andrew. <laughs> Khaliji. Khaliji. That's great. Pretty uh, good. Thanks. That First was good. That's all the and, yeah. and this yeah. is. This is Andrew Preble. <laughs> that, was, that was me. I you was have to try to, to do the whole Khaliji. Uh, I, I don't know if I can mix the two together. I can do the but I'm not sure if I can do you the Khaliji. Okay, well, Khaliji. Maybe. Uh, that, that was Khaliji. perfect, okay. wasn't it? Okay. I approve. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you're nodding so your head. but. <laughs> and this is Alex Rosen who's going to try and say Khaliji next. I'm not going to try. You're not going to try. <laughs> no way. Where are you from originally? Lafayette, Louisiana. Isn't that sort of like foreign? Yeah, Ish. you could say that. It's more Cajun. Than right, but don't they have French? Isn't that the same as the... I didn't learn French. That wasn't... You, are you Cajun? Half. Half Cajun. That's I'm half Jewish also. So. Half Jewish and half Cajun. <laughs> hey, that's got to be a good idea for a band as well yeah, right absolutely. there. Absolutely. Cajun Klezmer. Yeah. Yeah. Cajun right. Klezmer. Yeah. I have zero musical talent, so <laughs> somebody else will have to take that well, idea. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I like alliterations too, so um, Cajun Klezmer has a good, good ring What's What's assonance? What's what? Assonance. Is it the opposite of alliteration? No. What's what assonance? is it? Uh, is that words C-rock. that sound the same? I don't know. C-Rock, what Did is no. assonance? Google Master. It's the repetition oh, who, of the sounder of vowel in yeah. non-rhyming stress syllables. It's a vowel. vowel so it's sound. the opposite of alliteration, mm. which is hard sounds. Assonance okay. is... Well, it's not technically the opposite Well, okay. have a... You're in a very nitpicking kind of mood today. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got back. So and I, I was thinking that everybody's <laughs> name here starts with an A. Isn't that assonant? Yeah. Four A's. Oh, is Aziz, it? Aziz, Andrew, Andrew, and Alex. Oh. Is Wait. That, is that right? Yes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. So vowels are assonant and consonants are alliterations. Uh, alliter- I think that's oh, true. true. I, don't I don't know. know. I thought somebody, somebody here would have an education. Could, you, could you read that definition? Somebody more time watching for us should, um, on Facebook Live, should look it up. And, and so, well, that's what C-Rock would tell us. Could you read it one more time? So, an example of assonance is rise high in the bright yeah. sky. Uh-huh. Could you, could you okay. read the definition one more time? Yeah. 
It doesn't have to be the first letter because rhyme. Repetition of a sound or a vowel in non-rhyming stressed syllables. It's pretty. Okay. So if I, I said really Alex, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, and Aziz, that's an alliteration. Yeah, I feel that's like alliteration, yeah. alliteration, not essence. The first letter. Yeah, it's just the first letter. Ah, would, I we, thought... would we also say that all alliterations are assonant? No, they're the opposite. I think alliteration is a hard sound. I don't think sound. there's an opposite in a. No, I think I, I, I think I'm just you're, totally you're wrong about this. Yeah. I think no, just alliteration is a hard sound like K K K K K, and assonant is a vowel sound like I I I I I. But I would have I would have thought I that disagree. the yeah. Well, I could too. be wrong. Okay, yeah. you want to take a vote, vote on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I I, I vote that I'm right. Who else votes I'm right? I'll go with but, you. Hey, right, thanks, Alex. Know. Excellent. <laughs> Three to one. We're winners. Okay, you guys win. All right. Well, I guess we're wrong. So much for that. <laughs> Somebody could have abstained. We didn't actually vote. Yeah, that's no, true. Maybe I we guess didn't that vote. should have been me. So, Andrew Duhon, do you know who Andrew Preble is? No. Wait till you find out. Okay. okay. So, Andrew Preble is the guy who owns a company called Delaporte. Is it Ventures? Correct. They're the guys who own, who run. Andrew came up with the idea and created Escape My Room. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Remember We've that? We've been there. Yes, we did it together. Nice. We did it yeah. together. <laughs> and we, not- we failed. <laughs> No, we got out. <laughs> we got out not in the nick of time, though. We got out they gave thanks us a little to other time. people. We were terrible. Yeah. We were both. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's very exciting. Yeah, we had a lot fun. of fun. It was fun. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's the important thing is that you have fun, of course. Yeah. So yeah. It's not about whether you win. It's about or, or get out. <laughs> but I thought but we, did, we did get out. It's about out. teamwork, didn't, right? Well, didn't we, the other people will figure it out? Mr. <laughs> Mitch Foreman, who does our music for the show, yeah. he was with us. That's right. He was pretty good. And then Desiree's daughter, Clara. That's right. Yeah. About but 12. it's about it's all MVP. about teamwork. So it's not about the right. individual there. Yeah. It's about everyone coming together and, and yeah. Well, so how did you out. come up with the idea for this? Um, so I didn't come up with the act, the, the concept in general of escape rooms. Well, perhaps they you were, could describe the concept for people who don't yeah, know. Yeah. So so an escape room is where um, very simply you are in a room for an hour and you have to figure out how to get out of that room. You're locked. And in you're, a room. you're locked in a room. Um, there's different ways of locking. We don't actually lock the door. You go in for safety reasons, but you have to escape through a different door. And you have puzzles and clues in the room that you have to uh, figure out and interpret in order to get out of the room. So, so when I first heard about this, I thought, well, that'll be around for about three weeks, and then you'll have to go get a job. But this thing has been going great. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly good. So, and I think... I think that says a lot about the experience economy that we're in right now. I think it's just um, when you can buy a, a huge TV for $300 and, and that's not super fun to do. You can't, I mean, you can impress someone with a huge TV, but, but it's more impressive to do really fun adventures. And so I think, um, and as we get more and more digital, there's a need to go back to physical. So we try to take as much digital as, as many digital things as possible out of um, out of the experience mm-hmm. and and make um, an experience where people can connect again and, and so you're suggesting that people don't want to stay home and watch Netflix they correct. want to go out and correct. do something I have not yeah. found that to be true well I, I guess it depends on the person I mean every, everyone's well, different how, and some, some nights I do feel like watching Netflix at home but I think right. the majority of, of time um, I would rather go out and do something fun. And given the choice between a movie or between an event or a, an experience like Escape My Room, um, I would choose a, a more experience where you get to talk to everyone and you get to learn more about everyone that you're I with agree. and it's connect with them. It's much more fun than so, going to a movie. Um, but I get the feeling that most people don't want to go out of their house at all anymore. 
they want to stay home and order waiter or Uber Eats. I, I think that's certainly, <laughs> certainly convenient. Um, if, but if you, you you're saying that, that you find the opposite, that people are looking for experience. I think so. No, I, I think... Are you just I saying mean, that because you own an experience? Well, no, it's hard to say. Again, I disagree with your use of opposite there, but... Um, <laughs> well, we're back to that again. <laughs> at least, but, at least it was illiterate. Thank you. But no, I think I think there's a need as as we become more disconnected as a culture to to grow back and um, and to swing the other way and try right. to find ways then to become connected, even if they're contrived. Uh, uh, maybe contrived is the wrong word, but if they're um, you know curated um, and meant to bring you specifically back together. Uh, right. Um, I think I think what we're landing on here, Grant, yes. is really helping out this situation by it's very clear what we need it's an uber eats meets escape room which is escape my own house where somebody <laughs> comes along and locks you into your own household oh. throws some clues under the door to get out of your own well house. that's a pretty cool idea you know, actually yeah. 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 you might want to keep that and most yeah. of them are just voice prompt sorts of things escape that you can my figure own out while you're well, sitting alexa, on the couch. you know alexa can chime in too yes. and, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, that's a pretty Google good idea. Do so you have to come up with d- different ideas, like, like what, like, yeah, like that kind of thing? Ideas? Like, no, yeah, I can mean, you I, can I you keep going? Just new ideas. Can you um, do you have to diversify like other businesses? Um, so we are right now. We're opening up a new attraction at the Aquarium of the Americas called Escape Extinction, and so oh, that's oh. um, kind of it, it's a little different than an escape room in that you're on this mission to save sharks from extinction and. The um, everyone will complete the mission, but how many sharks you save or how many how well you do is depending on on how well you. I know this is a stupid question. Each thing. Okay, but you're not locked in the shark tank. Right? You're not <laughs> locked in, in the shark tank. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Un- okay. Unfortunately, I knew that was um, be no. well, well, the practical um, there are some practical things. We did want to include live animals yes. in this experience, but uh, live animals are very expensive. We found out to mm. take care of and to. to you? Um, but they, you're not part of the Audubon Institute, right? They're no, we're not. Uh, my company is not part of the Audubon Institute, but we partnered with them to create this experience. So this is actually in the aquarium? Smart. It's inside of the aquarium okay. in the, um, the former IMAX lobby, which is now the Entergy Giant Screen Theater right. lobby. Okay. Um, so it's in the lobby of the... Correct. In a former guys... gift shop space. So it was a oh, gift shop okay. and we, we uh, took it over. Have you been to the aquarium, as Have you ever been in there? I have been. I'm actually What'd wondering... Uh, kind of like the overall objective of what you guys are doing is is it to like bring people closer together like how is Audubon I mean so with this with this specific experience we're trying to teach everyone about sharks and about Uh um, kind of humanize them in a in a way and and show that um, they you know we shouldn't be afraid of them that they should be way more afraid of us and then really um and and we up don't, to we don't the, usually want to eat them, the though. numbers the numbers are kind of skewed depending on who you look at but at least 150 million sharks are taken out of the the oceans every year and mm-hmm. up to something like 450 million so it's a crazy what? number why are um, they that we don't why are we catching them it's a lot of different reasons i think there's some um some for food some for bycatch um but it's What's mostly what is bycatch? bycatch is accidental catch. So you're not even trying to catch a shark, oh. but they're they get caught in the nets like sea turtles used right. to be until right. they created these devices. So 
um, or or long lines or another way. So well, who's counting 150 million? Is there? A well, that's why it's, it's hard to. It's very hard to say the number. So I think on the lower side it's 150 million. On the upper side it's 450 million. So there's. But who's um, even counting the 150 million? I've, who's keeping count? You know, I would have to uh, do some research on that. You have back to you, uh, So would I would um, I do appreciate having experienced the escape room and and what you're talking about here with the escaping extinction is there's kind of the subplot of the main plot is we're stuck in this problem together and we're going to do our best to foe solve it yeah you know which is correct. something that in the real world we're not stuck we can all run away from a problem mm -hmm. but that's pretty cool that you're you're combining these two things so that we can figure out how to literally escape a real problem mm -hmm. that's that's nice so it's a fun no and at the end hopefully um even if you don't change your habits because of this you'll at least understand mm -hmm. what sharks are going through mm -hmm. and may make decisions in the future based on that well, and i and heard, I heard sharks are kind of like puppies actually oh, I, mean, That's a, I watched a documentary on netflix it was about it was well, about certainly sharks. eat your furniture like yeah. that's kind well, of like i've heard that there's a huge misconception about sharks that they're actually they're very much like affection they just have never dealt with affection so these scuba divers who are off the coast of like the Bahamas and all this stuff like they've shown them affection actually touched them and they come back for more and they actually really really love it and so there's a lot of um, you know now they're stuff kind of out there that's like you know don't like, like extinguish the sharks because you know they're not they're, there's Shocks more. Are our friend. They're like the Edward yes. Scissorhands of the sea. You know, they <laughs> yes. have a good heart. They just and harm people. And there are a lot of different types of, of sharks and species of sharks. So they're not all big. They don't all, um, you know, have big teeth. There's plenty of different species. Is of that sharks. right? And mm -hmm. but they are the the ones that are big are the apex predators, and those are very important to keep everything in balance. Um, apex predators. You know a lot about this sort of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we've been learning. Um, we've been learning a good deal. <laughs> the this is almost two years in the making, so, right. um, so you know. How do they market this? How do they get people to come? Well, that's like, you know, I'm on the podcast right now, so hopefully. <laughs> this is how we're going to get people to go to them. yeah. Um, but we haven't done too much to market it just yet. We're waiting to open. It opens November 13th as kind of the soft opening, an unofficial opening, and, and then we'll we'll build slow. With, with any of these projects, there's a huge amount of people involved, maybe like, 60, 70 different people that are doing different parts of it from the music to the that's animations serious. to the construction to the, oh, you huge. know, whatever. Like a big movie. And so yeah. it's tricky. And this is our kind of first project at the scale. And so it's, it's tough to say how it's going to work on wow. day one. And these things right. always get better. So they, you know, you see how people walk through and play it. You can design it one way and you can play test those, those game ideas, but then at the end of the day, you have no idea how, how guests are going to experience right. it. Um, you're in the same business, Alex. I mean, you're at the same position, launching a whole new project and not knowing how it's yeah. going to go. Alex is the marketing manager at the new Fillmore Theater. Yeah. So Which we're is, you know we're neighbors. I hope we get invited to that. No, well, well, you guys can um, have you know any any anytime we need tickets to something too. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, you know well, I'm I'm happy to trade for for. So now, tell us so. about the Fillmore. The Fillmore is a new House of Blues type theater owned by the same people Li yeah, Live so Nation it's owned by Live Nation um, we're a 2200 capacity um, you know we are in the same division as House of Blues and our Live Nation office that book shows in Champion Square um, the Smoothie King Center Superdome um, all of Louisiana Mississippi mm -hmm. but, so this um, is called the Fillmore like the famous Fillmore East mm -hmm. 
But this is actually in Harris Casino. It is. It's on the second floor of Harris. They're, you know, they're, they're our landlords. They've been great through our whole process. We work really closely with them. But we have a second entrance on Canal Street, so we have a lot of all-ages shows um, that people can go through through this entrance. So you don't have to go through Harris. You don't have to be 21 to get into a uh-huh. lot of our shows. So we have a lot of great shows. Okay. I <laughs> saw what that. What kind of shows are you lining up? So our first two grand opening shows are the f- two nights of the Foo Fighters, and we have Duran Duran and Duran Duran is coming. Duran Duran's coming. Oh my God, when is that? That is February nineteenth. February nineteenth. Yeah. Come on, we gotta go to that. <laughs> it's gonna Let's be go. a great show. We're excited Duran about it. Duran Duran. Oh Duran my God, that Duran. one wasn't expect- That's almost like a casino type gig. Yeah, kind of, except a little bit. But you're bit. not booking them, though, we're right? Not, so you're not we're, booking them. You're I, just Me, marketing. personally, no, I'm so not So they tell you them. who's coming, yeah. and you've got to sell these Right. Shows. So we have a, a local talent buyer, Alex Bowen, who um, he's booking our acts, and we have a general manager, Abby Jones, all from you know the House of Blues team. We're all a local team, not very far. Um, so, you know, yeah, they book the shows. I, they tell me what to do. I, I market them. I make sure you know about them. So. Yeah. So what makes them think, do you think, as a marketing person, that there's enough market here for yet another venue like this? Um, It's kind of that in-between. So, you know, from a Live Nation standpoint, we're hoping to start shows at House of Blues and start an artist at House of Blues and um, work their way up to the Superdome level. So, you know, we start an artist there in the 800 capacity. We they get bigger and bigger. So we the House them of Blues has only got 800 people. It's, uh, I mean, it's like eight, 860. Don't quote me on that because I'm okay. not in House of so Blues. But it's a, the musical in general is about so 860. Are you trying to say that your whole idea is to take talent and develop it? That's what I think our goal is for I the long run. I find that you know? really hard to believe, but that would be nice if it was true. Is that really true? I think true? it's true. You know, I, Live I Nation, really, this giant company that owns Ticketmaster and everything else, mm-hmm. and iHeartRadio, and Clear Channel and everything. Uh, actually, if you look on the granular level, and maybe you can help me out with this. There's certain ev- events that happen at the House of Blues that are very grassroots oriented. Mm-hmm. Very. So there's that homegrown night. I forget the name of the gentleman who runs it, but it seems like it's very happening and it's well attended. Um, so I, I mean, the way that I see it, at least, is just like this kind of conglomerate. Yeah. And 70% of it is going to be Foo Fighters and Duran Duran, and then maybe 30% is going to be artist development in like different cities and stuff that would be cool too i mean that's our goal that's what you know me as a marketing manager Mm. that's what i hope to achieve and you know this is my city i'm even though i'm not from here like this i've been here for the last two years this is my second home so i want to get back to new orleans and stay in touch with the city and you know our whole team is local so we want to do the same thing are there many other cajun jews here Yeah, big our, Cajun our Jewish talent community? buyer. Shout out to Alex Bowen. He is also my other Cajun Jew. That I, the only other. I, yeah, we and went to. And he's also the, called Alex. He is. How weird is that? It's so weird. We even went to the same high school. He's ten years older than me. Which I think, school? St. So. Thomas More Catholic High School. St. Thomas More okay. in Lafayette, Kudat. How funny! <laughs> okay, that's crazy. Hey, yeah. so Aziz, it's time to play some sort of Khaliji music for us. Is it? Yeah. What do you think? Okay. Who, you, who are you texting in the meantime? No, I'm writing notes down. Oh, what you, oh, about how to get a gig at the Fillmore. I'm writing down <laughs> Alex Bowen, booking guy at Fillmore. Ah, I could Cajun thinking. So okay, it might be yeah, inaccurate, yeah. but yeah. it'll help me But you're actually that. like a sort of a star, I see. A see? star? Yes, because that's your, your first record, which is called Chapter One, right? Yeah. Came out on Universal Mina, which yes. is like a big deal. Well, Universal label. Music in the Middle East is not quite like Universal Music Nashville, right? So um, the, I would hope not. the situation that we were in was uh, reaching out to these folks and them wanting to give us one of these like 360 deals. And because of their attitude, which is very flexible, 
um, we were able to trim it down to be a, uh, a distribution deal. So they actually don't exercise a lot of um, decision making when it comes to touring and producing and music videos and all that stuff. So it's, it's like going with TuneCore or something, but you're so going you, with the big kind of like name. So what do they do for you? Do they, they do the distribution. So um, that's kind of like, a, you could say it's what a one-time does, thing. What does that mean exactly? That means that I give them the WAV files and then they make sure it's on Spotify and Amazon Music and iTunes. Okay. And, then they tell me, hey, like, don't post it up here, don't post it up there. And I'm like, well, I want to post it there. Can I post it there? You know, it's like it's a conversation. But it's just like something that they do to set up. And then I might ping them for like social media posts or something for them to post for us if we have an announcement or something. But it's not um, a comprehensive deal where we're getting touring funds and right. production money and everything. So, are you? In, is it a good relationship? I mean, do they it's a great relationship. Do they help I you? thought I thought they were going to be so much more standoffish. But, um, and it's because I've talked to other record labels, maybe you have an ex a similar experience, Andrew, but a lot of people get very nervous. A lot of people get very nervous when you like bring lawyers and you're trying to negotiate like numbers and stuff. Uh, so we dealt with a few record labels that just kind of like ran off uh, when that conversation started, you know, but um, Universal was very much there and willing to bend where they could bend. Um, so there's certain clauses around like, them controlling me as an asset that the lawyer was able to get out of the contract and they were very uh, comfortable with that kind of arrangement. That's, um, that's what Prince was trying to do I believe for about 25 years. Yeah well yeah he's got a lot more material than me so. See <laughs> rock You ever seen Aziz's uh, stickers around town? Oh, I yeah. don't know do we? Have this, we? This, is, this is interesting. Okay. What do they say Aziz? What, what do they say? They say well you go for it. I don't know what they say. They haven't told okay. me anything. It's a standoff. They say God Islamophobia. Oh, yes. Is that right? Yeah. God Islamophobia. That was the first. Jeez, that's going for a marketing that's, angle. Yeah, that's definitely marketing. So first round of flyers that I put up posed this very provocative question before um, like Trump was really president. Um, kind of, I mean, just recognizing that as like this major cultural trend. Well, you've got a good memory. I can't barely remember when he wasn't. <laughs> it must have been great. Though. So yeah, I started yeah. just uh, putting them up uh, as a kind of like mystery marketing, if you know, like guerrilla marketing is kind of just lead them wondering, like some people were looking at it and they were just like, is this an Islamic hate group or is this like a band or is this, what is this? So the idea there was to generate curiosity, you know, right. and that's kind of like the first layer of marketing. And then since then, we've been rolling out uh, campaigns that basically connect a little bit more to like this entity called Kuesiana is music. Now, how and do you so know about marketing it. like this? Are you a marketing I studied guys? it. Oh, so I worked in marketing, in marketing too. Everybody's in marketing. That's handy to have a musical ability and a marketing Yeah, it sometimes background. gets in the way. Sometimes you just sense? really have to let things go and let the audience and uh, you know certain people kind of have ideas and if you have the strong kind of like marketing brain then you're gonna have a very strong sense of like no this is like what I need to do and you know these other things don't matter so much um, but over time I've just kind of learned to surround myself with reliable people and you know you can do a lot of the artist management work you can do a lot of the marketing work and social media work yourself but then it starts slowly but surely eating away at the time that you have to actually sit down and write music and, and be creative. Too. So a lot of musicians go through that, and I'm sure Andrew, you have 
your own kind of like experience with that as well. Totally, yeah. You're drug- juggling the batons, right? And there, it, I, I would say that I feel lucky to have half of a marketing bone in my body, and it, it's well served by your creativity, right? But <clears throat> the creative part isn't innately um, marketing-minded. You know, when you sit down to write a song, hopefully you're not thinking about ways that you would market it. You're just writing the song, and then you can figure out how you want to market the whole thing. But I think uh, maybe marketing needs art, but art doesn't need marketing, so to speak. Hmm. Like that. That's a good way of putting it. Okay, Thanks, I'm usually not that on, concise. I don't before know. Before we go any further, let's. you want to play something? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to. Okay, grab the guitar. What are you going to play? What are you thinking of playing? Okay, so... Can you fit in there? Is that okay? Yeah, it okay. seems to be okay. Um, this first song uh, I wrote more recently, it's called Baraha. Baraha is like an open uh, sand field. And it's uh, where... I would gather with my troublemaking friends after we were done with school, um, and the song is kind of about being there, uh, kind of about my experience of like coming into um, adolescence, you know, like first uh, fights, uh, being bullied, and then like uh, the world of the opposite gender, and kind of like just opening myself up to that world. Because in Kuwait, it's a very like conservative society, you can imagine. So this is the coming of age in Kuwait? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Resurrection. 
Protected by the moon Galo Mowets Echenik Netya Last word mean wahda. Wahda wahda. Eye for an eye. Oh, really? Ah, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna write. How do you spell that? W a a. Oh, I can write it H-D-A? down for you. H d a. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Okay, so that's really interesting. It reminds me of you know these bands that have crossed over from other cultures like the Gypsy Kings. Yeah. And who else has there been? I guess there've been others that I can't think of. Mm. Are you in that sort of crossover? Type? I'd like to be. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, world music, right? That kind of like weird genre that spills over into a lot of different uh, other genres like rock and pop and so on and so forth. So you have like this kind of bands with a runaway single that'll kind of like right. break into the West or something and then they'll try to leverage that to kind of, um, yeah, like to kind of sell Chib- it. Chib Memi or one of those. Is he one of the, is that that guy's name? There's Shab Khalid, there's like Mashru' Layla is very well known. Mashru' Layla is a Lebanese band. Right. There's a lot of acts coming from like Korea and China as so, well. So are you a big star in Kuwait? Uh, I don't think so. Are I think you, there's no. That, I mean, because the thing is like there's 3 million people in Kuwait and one point, yeah, like 1.3 of them are actually Kuwaitis. So a lot of the people who are kind of like movers and shakers there aren't even really Kuwaiti, you know? The majority of the population of Kuwait are not Kuwaitis. Yes, which is very typical of hmm. countries in the Arabian Peninsula. You guys might know like in UAE and Saudi Arabia, Qatar, a lot of these countries have um, a disproportionate kind of like... Well, where's everybody from? Everywhere. A lot of uh, Canadians, like- Germans, um, uh, Pakistanis, uh, Indians, Filipino... So, you know, wow. it's kind of cosmopolitan if you seek it out, but usually people just kind of stick to their own, their own kind. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the culture that I grew up in. So I think a lot of the music is kind of about me personalizing that right. experience because a lot of what I went through just seems very... Were you there when... Who invaded Kuwait? Iraq. Yes, Iraq. Yeah, I was there. Good answer. You were there. Yeah. And then we invaded Iraq to get yes. Iraq out of Kuwait. So mm. you were actually there. Yeah, I was there during wow. the Gulf War. Holy shit. So that was early 90s. Um, it was before my like passion for music had really bloomed. Um, I remember like George Michael and Duran Duran and Michael Jackson. Certain, Duran Duran. You know, you some bands like that. You can see them on May 9th. But um, I was just, I mean, I was a kid. I remember a lot of things. 
Um, and the other thing that I also like to remind people about that specific war is that it wasn't a super long war. So a lot of wars that happen in the Middle East last for right. basically eternity. Um, so and that, that war was just kind of like, it, I don't know, it just seems like it was just kind of like a flash in the pan. What was your impression of the United States at that point? You know, uh, Were they like a savior think, or were they an invading Yeah, yeah, force? exactly. Yeah, you think of uh, America as a very uh, great, compassionate place from the outside, but you're struck by the reality almost as soon <laughs> as you enter. So I went to Penn State, and that was kind of like my first impression of what is Americana. Um, and it's the same experience that a lot of foreign students have. You watch Friends, and you watch Disney, and you think that America is this great place where everyone right. cares. And then you come here, and you learn that they're just like everyone else. Right. Um, so that was definitely, yeah, like the pop culture. So you're still the, here. I'm still here, yeah, for the music. A long time later. What's yeah. your immigration status? Um, I would prefer not to comment on Are that. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't I just got to choose. Are you a refugee? I mean, it could be. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say. You're not illegal. I prefer not to. Are you illegal? Because we can help you out. Oh, nice. I'll talk to you we after can, the we show. We can adopt you. <laughs> well, okay. We'll move right along then from that. Andrew, how's it been around the country? You've been traveling around all over the place. Uh, yep. Can't remember anything before Lafayette. I was in Lafayette for a week. A uh, week? Yep. Yeah. Okay, you wrote that down for have, me? Where were you? I was uh, at the Black Pot Festival and the Black uh, Pot Camp. Nice. You so stayed over at I did. Black Pot. Yep. So How was it? It was great. I set up a tent for a week <laughs> and change. and uh, oh, wow. So most people just set up their camp for the Black Pot Festival, right? Which is a cook-off and right. play some tunes. So I got booked for the Black Pot Festival, but I knew from friends in Lafayette that there's a Black Pot Camp the week before, which is essentially a crash course in... Cajun fiddle, Cajun guitar, Cajun wow. dance, Cajun okay. cooking, Cajun language, Cajun songs. So, trying to get back to my roots, I'm a douillon, you know. Yep. And uh, I see you brought a guitar with you. I yeah. did. Yeah. Did no, you I learn any Cajun? I didn't learn any Cajun oh, song. No. My, the 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 jewel. It's going to take me a while before I actually know a Cajun song. But the jewel of the trip is that I have this fiddle that someone actually in Lafayette what? gave me at a show some years back. Uh. And I just, I haven't picked it up. It's not, not an instrument I play, but I knew this was my chance to get a couple of lessons. And after a couple of lessons, I've played it every day. I'm on my way. I'm, I'm an aspiring Cajun fiddler. <laughs> oh, my God. What a great story. They have a great violin shop in Lafayette, too. That's Sola. right. Sola violins. Yes, yes. I think that's it. it is, is it? S-O-L-A. Uh, well, the fellow who owns the, the famous shop in Arnoville was there. His name's Tom. I'm not sure if that's the same one. But, uh, but yeah, there are plenty of fiddlers out there, you know. And the other thing is, like, the thing that the camp itself uh, uh, attracts are, are folkies, but, like, folkies right. who put my folkiness to shame, you know, like <laughs> old-time folk song folkies and Cajun music folkies and, you know... Um, so, so, so that, these are all musicians who have got nothing better to do than sit around in no, a tent for a week? it's not all musicians. I would say it's uh, 75% musicians and 10% French native speakers who just okay. come over and want to learn the Cajun culture. 10% hippies in their van who needed a new place to park and <laughs> hang out. And another 5%, so I don't know. How many people in, like... Raw numbers are there, like a couple hundred or a thousand? Yeah, yeah. Mm, probably between 100 and 200. Okay. Yeah. So you got to know people. You're, yeah, sitting, yeah. you're living with 200 people for a week. Here's the thing. You're at the same campsite yeah. the whole time, the whole week, and the same classes are every every day. 
So you can you just look at your little syllabus there, mm-hmm. and you decide, oh, today I'm going to take Cajun guitar for beginners, or tomorrow I'm going to take advanced fiddle, or so. You know, you decide what you want to take. Take the dance class. Take the cooking class. Did you take your dance class? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, okay. But what the did other you thing. Learn? Uh, well, I learned. Uh, ooh, what's it called? Can't remember what it's called. Um, but, but you know, like Cajun dance. Step. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Two steps. Yeah, that that one's simple. But you know the. The uh, every single night there's a barn that kind of backs the whole campground, and every night the barn it turns into like a roadhouse. There's they have great bands, great Cajun bands booked mm. every every night. So the whole camp goes That's in for their right. gumbo, their dinner, right? And then the band strikes up, and you're just dancing with everybody in in camp. And the whole culture yeah, to the Cajun dancing is, is like this is not a courtship. You're just dancing with right, everybody. Right, right. You know, it's really nice. Where was that? Uh, it's in uh, uh, Eunice. Uh, in a campsite called Lakeview. Okay. The thing with Cajun dancing is, though, if you're a guy, you're supposed to lead. That's right. <laughs> so Most dances uh, are that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there Arab dancing? Like folk yeah, dancing? Yeah, but there it's like everyone's like, oh, no, t- no touching, no touching. Right. That's the way the well, Arab dances not, work. Yeah. Um, but what kind but of yeah, like, I guess it? in Hispanic cultures, they'll have, you know, dances where you're the, the rumba or the samba, like, dances like where the male but, is expected to know what they're doing. But is it like Cajun dancing? Like You go to these Fado Do's and everybody just dances with everybody, as Andrew's saying. Is yeah. that the same sort of thing where people just dance with strangers? I wonder. I mean, I definitely experienced something similar in like Texas. Mm-hmm. You've seen, you know, yeah. just people right. swing dancing and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's really cool because you can go dance with anybody and everyone's got a different style and a different right. take. Did you go Cajun dancing mm. when you were um, like, we Jewish had Cajun? Le- <laughs> we had to learn it in my third grade class we wow. had to do a play so I had to learn how to Cajun dance and I still know it to this day yeah. so you guys could tur- do a quick turn around I mean I'm not a great quick. dancer so no, I don't know yeah. how good that would be well, you don't have to be good as a woman though you get led around well, that's well, true the guy has to be that's good true. and you fall however you'd, you'd be surprised well you, you know the, the, that's why it's kind of I was envying the women who were you know making their rounds and dancing a lot each night because they were getting so many different styles and versions yeah, of the right. dance but as a guy you're just just like, is this okay? Is yeah. this all right? How am I doing? Uh, that last guy was better, wasn't he? All right. Yeah. <laughs> what a great experience. Though. That must that have been great. really fun. Yeah. So you now you're going to be a fiddler. Hey, you want to play something on sure, the actual guitar? Some. Well, pity you didn't bring the fiddle. That would have been really fun. Uh, it's, got, it's in the car, actually. But no, no I'm not, no, not, no. Ready. <laughs> not ready. Too much pressure. That would <laughs> be kind time. of fun, though. Next time. Okay, so when does uh, Fillmore open? Um, February of 2019. So the Foo Fighters on the 15th of February is our first show. And that's I looked on the website. That's sold out. It is. And that's both the first nights. show. Both nights are sold out for it the Foo is, Fighters. unfortunately. So yes. could you get anyone listening to this in? In some way, if they could, that's not. Is my there goal. like a free ticket? <laughs> I wish because I can barely Isn't get it? in myself. Are you serious? Marketing manager, wow. yeah. So, so then, who have we got in between the Foo Fighters and Duran Duran? Um, there's nobody in between the Foo Fighters and Duran Duran. Are they the next band? They're the oh, next band. I thought band. they were May. You said that I must have missed. No, they're the next band, and then okay. um, after that. You Are know, they sold out? Is Duran Duran sold Duran out? Duran Duran is not yet sold out. It's very, very close. But Supp- not really? Yet. I'm shocked to hear it that is. anyone wants to get tickets. You should get them now. Okay. How much? Seventy-five, maybe. What? Sure. You don't know? I, no, I do know. They're about you can't like say. a no. Is they're a hundred dollars about GA, uh-huh. but you know. That's about right, isn't it? But I mean, the you the Fillmore itself is going to be like another level of venues over here. It's it's so nice. I'm so excited. Yeah. To be a part and of it. And how different is it to something like the Sanger or the Orpheum? Is it the same well, idea? Is, is it's it kind seating? of seating? So we do have a GA floor, and then we have stadium seating, and then we do have boxes, and our boxes are 
you know, even with the stage, you're basically eye level with the artist, and there's really no bad seats in the house, and it's just gorgeous. We have these gorgeous chandeliers. It's very intimate. We have both these massive bars on both sides. We have a VIP lounge. We have a lobby bar. Like, it's it's fantastic. So what, I'm excited. Just what to was go there. this joint before it was the film? Well, what it, was the it was nothing. It was empty. It was empty. It was, empty. Ha- it was totally just had empty. empty space in there. It was, and so we mm. only take up about a third of the second floor Paris so there's two thirds empty of so there's room space. for another escape my room up there or something apparently so and or whatever is, else <laughs> this isn't the space where um, Offbeat does their awards it's not that no, stage it's Got not it. that so hmm. hey Alex quick question is the sh- I'm over here oh, uh, hi. is the <laughs> chandel- are the chandeliers like a trademark Fillmore thing I believe that they are, and you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that they're in every Fillmore. However, they're very trademark to us, and they're very trademark to the brand that we want to portray to New Orleans of like this next level experience of it's fancy. seeing your favorite band at this amazing venue. So, okay, so you're gonna you're gonna bring in name bands. Mostly. We are. That's we gonna are. be big deal bands that you get to see close up. For a decent price. Absolutely. It's an intimate setting. It's an intimate performance. It's going to be nothing like you can see wow. anywhere else. Okay. This is a pretty cool idea. It is a pretty cool idea. You yeah, should go. Right. <laughs> we should. Can you get us in? Well, we? we'll see. It right. depends. We don't have a patron of you the know. arts. Buy yeah. your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you got to get the, you know, that first ticket and then we'll talk about okay. the rest of it. Okay. No, I'm only kidding. We'd yeah. love to go. I'd love to see what it's like. Oh, it's absolutely. Cool. And, you know, a lot of people are going to really see what they're paying for it. It's, it's a... A wow. plus venue. This is an awesome job for you. It is. I love it. It's great. How did you get such a great job? Um, is well, it the I started, Jewish or the Cajun bit that got it's, you the job? It's neither. <laughs> um, I, I started at Live Nation. I was a marketing coordinator. Um, and Whereabouts? At, at here, Live Nation. Here, here, Yeah, at the Live Nation New Orleans office. I was a, a marketing coordinator there for about two years. And then um, in August, I switched over to the Fillmore. So. Well, you must be pretty damn good if they gave you this kicker. This is a well, big deal. Well, I hope so. I have a lot. It's a lot riding on it. <laughs> yeah, it is, st- Are you stressed out about it? You know. Do you wake up in the middle of the night freaking um, out? I used to. And then, Twitter? you know, <laughs> yes, I will say that, that that has been the last couple of months of my life. However, now things that we've, you know, gotten over the hump of announcing our major things and, you know, gotten the hang of the things, it's it's going pretty smoothly. So I'm excited about what's to Have come. you ever heard Andrew Duhon play before? I don't know that I have. Okay, I'm excited to hear an intimate performance. Okay, here, here it comes. Are you turn that Aziz, around. you want to give me? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, thank you, Aziz. So, as I was mentioning, I was out at the Black Pot this week, and um, I uh, yeah, you can throw it on there. It's fine. Um, I, um, you know, I wasn't going to write a Cajun song that quickly, but the other thing that the folkies like are <laughs> sad country songs. Yes, ah. we do. So. <laughs> I'm going to give you one of those. Brand new one. How long has it been? Feels like almost forever. Since I've seen your face Back when we were together The ties that did bind 
your heart to mine We thought we'd never sell It was a good ride It was almost forever does fly by Feels like almost forever We used to laugh and cry And speak of growing all together And we were so sure Our love would endure through any winter's weather There's a chill on my skin Remembering when we were almost forever and What stings the most Is that we were so close I guess that's just the way it goes with us Let us raise a toast to the ghost of love that still haunts the both of us How long has it been? Feels like almost forever Since that love Since we were together The ties that did bind Your heart to mine We thought would never sever It was a good ride It was almost forever It was almost forever Yeah Hey, thanks, y'all I have to say, that was beautiful What do you think? Gorgeous Hey, thanks, y'all Great Well, you know, it's Thanks to the Eunice Pines out there whispering to you. That is one of the best things that's ever come out of a camping trip, Oh, I would say. Yeah. Um, that's really a nice song. Strangely, it's not that depressing. Oh, good. Yeah, I wanted, yeah bittersweet's the yeah. way I wanted it to feel. I didn't want, yeah, that, good. It doesn't seem sad, do you good. think, Aziz? Is there a songwriter no, yourself? I think it's got yeah. a really nice equal to It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. the speaker, uh, maybe like he's, he, he's, he doesn't have to cry about it anymore. You right. know, it still right. burns, but it's like, you know, we can it's all not... enjoy the burns. Hey, Andrew, I got a question for you. Sure. When you write a song like that, that kind of has like an aged perspective on it, mm. do you ever like take on the role of like a character or like someone who is that old? Do you ever mm. like preview yourself as a 65 mm. year old man writing that and it opens up the song for you to uh, write it? I'll steal a line from Mr. Alex McMurray and say, it ain't the years, it's the miles, brother. So I, I think I think it's out there for anybody to find. You just I'm 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 picking up pieces that I've found along the way, whether they be 
um, uh, sentiments that I so truly feel or sentiments that I recognize right. elsewhere from other but that's interesting and Tom, minds, that but Thomas thought that was a song about an older person. I didn't think mm. that at all. I just thought it was about a song about someone whose heart had been broken. And you thought it was, this is going to last forever, but it only lasted a few months. Well, not few, necessarily 65, but someone who had, was definitely looking back at some things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but yeah. you can look back after, a, you know, a <laughs> no, I agree. things go wrong. I could it, have written it at Andrew's age. It was about sure. my kindergarten sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> no, I, I, think, uh, I think, I remember um, my first... Uh, manager who was from New Orleans and um, she had friends who uh, came out to the shows in LA because she was from LA and they all um, you know did the little gossipy thing oh it's good and you know you guys are gonna do great and all that and uh, but I thought one of them had a really interesting critique she said has he ever had his heart broken wow I'm looking forward to hearing the songs he write when he gets his heart broken well that must have, have been yeah oh well yeah I think uh, I have I have experienced that sort of loss at this point so i wonder whoever she was but i thought I've, i don't know i remember that that thing and thinking it's just another thing that you pick up along the way as a human being you know you experience a death in the family or heartbreak or all the you know the, the some of the bad things but then there's the exaltation of truly being in love and there's songs that come out of that that you probably can't write without doing it you know right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Andrew, is Preble, is it the same about creating escape rooms? Do you have to feel trapped and claustrophobic to have come up with this idea? Um, I don't know that I need to feel trapped and claustrophobic, but you do, um, you do need to feel... Yeah, I think you do need to, to create the art. You have to have felt the art that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And if you, you haven't, then it, it comes across, and so you can tell... It's inauthentic. Yeah, that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah. What what about is how central is Islam to your writing? As these, I would say it's very much so in the background. Um, I think religion is a very slippery slope, and it's um, it's almost uh, too private of a thing to to kind of because the thing is when you put more private than immigration. Well, when you put. Christianity or Islam on the surface of what you're singing about, you become a certain type of song, a certain type of right. act. Um, in Islamic culture, they have uh, nasheed, which is basically like Islamic songs. Um, you might hear them in like a, a, if you have a compilation of like Sufi music or something. Um, my role, the way that I see it is I'm, I'm representing and coming from a very young part of the world. Um, that is now similar to the U.S. kind of in decline. So the Arabian Peninsula oh, is going you through... You slow down. They're similar to the U.S. in decline? Yeah. So You think the United States is on the slippery slope? Yeah, personal. Decline? Yeah, I think so. But, okay, um, along with what other countries? I think what's happening is that we're becoming in a more polycentric world where you're going to have more world powers exerting influence. And this is like in you know, five, ten years. That's kind of the world we're going to be. You're going to have Brazil. You're going to have China. You're going to have... Europe, uh, whoever's representing where, where is the power coming from? Um, it's just coming from their own infrastructure, really. But w- how is Brazil going to suddenly be as powerful as the United States? Oh, well, or they're going to exert the same kind of... In- yeah, Russia is another how? important one. Because well, yeah. you have the United Nations, you have these kind of agreements that are like moving us forward as a but humanity. But the United States has a huge economy and a huge number of people and a gigantic army. Yeah. As does Russia, as does China, yeah. as does India. But what about this... I think it's it's a more minute point. Maybe Brazil is not in there. Maybe it is. Okay, maybe it's take not. Brazil out. But so the thing is, like, we're moving towards a polycentric world. Um, but how are we declining? Are we? What do so you mean by declining? In Kuwait specifically, you have this post-oil 
reality that everyone's kind of like settling in. There was a lot of lavish spending and a lot of comfort that is not ex being experienced by the average person there anymore. Right, right. And people are kind of thinking about you know, environmental realities, about economic realities, and they're playing their cards however they want to play them. Similarly in the US, there used to be this compass of they're leading, we're leading in human rights, we're leading in all these like progressive initiatives and protecting freedom or whatever kind of spin you want to put on it. Right, well. But again, it's like personal opinion. I guess my, my, the way that I see what I'm doing is like rather than kind of drawing on something as abstract and personal as like Islam, I'm drawing on my own personal experience mm -hmm. of going through uh, Kuwait and um, having that language really sit in with the rest of the world because the Arabic language is first of all it's being demonized by the west in certain instances um in the home countries a lot of people are unable even kuwaitis are unable to speak arabic in a fluent manner because of uh whatever you can call it colonialism or imperialism um but the the, the reality is that like, it's not a language that's progressed like when you look at japanese when you look at korean a lot of these languages have learned how to adapt to a globalized world. Arabic has this kind of community of people that want to keep it pure, and so they get very uncomfortable when you're mixing it with rock music or when you're playing it with any kind of really? like foreign culture, really. Um, and it, it, it goes all the way down to like um, you know the way that you dress, you know the way that you put on the headscarf and that kind of thing. So for me, I'm kind of like I'm just I'm being. I, I kind of see myself as like a James Joyce of the Arabic language, you know, kind of taking it, fragmenting it, seeing how I can recontextualize it, playing with the subconscious, because a lot of times the way that people use Arabic language, at least in, you know, my generation, um, you're not really seeing that kind of like playful, kind of pushing the boundaries. A lot of people will kind of like choose the Arabic language and kind of stick to the tried and true and kind of there's certain forms that you want to abide by. Or you're kind of kicking it at the door and you're suddenly um, a, a, a Middle Eastern singer that's singing in English or in French or something, you know? Um, so I think... Are you in danger of upsetting people over there? Usually, yeah. Hmm. They're usually not too upset because what I'm doing is not on that scale where it is upsetting, you know? But I think a few more years, if I keep doing what I'm doing, it's probably going to reach a point where someone's not going to be super happy about what I'm doing and they're going to think like, you know... I'm kind of misusing or misconstruing something. Well, are you the that's kind amazing. of person that gets killed? I don't think so. Okay, that's good for that. Yeah, I think I have right. privileges that will prevent me from being killed. But at this point, I mean, hey, if they can kill a renowned yeah, journalist exactly. at the that's Washington Post, like, yeah. and, and they've been imprisoning like women who have been protesting the right to drive, and there's all these individuals who have been suffering for you know, this kind of larger cause. So I... I I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I think I'm pretty much fine because it's just music. I'm and sure they all take thought it seriously. that. <laughs> well, you want to play one more song before we get out of here? Uh, sure, I can do that. Do it? Okay. What do you say, guys? We've got time for yeah, one absolutely. more. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Nothing that's going to get you in any trouble. Okay. This song is just With about the be the girl. in any country. This one's about the girl next door. It's pretty uh, straightforward. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Tilt that mic.
Song. Whoa, hang on, we're losing. <laughs> hang on a sec. So, th is the person's name Netta? You guessed it right. That's right. That was the, so. That was your first girlfriend. Ah, uh, you could say that. Netta. <laughs> Does Netta mean anything, or is it just a yes, name? Yes, I'm so glad that you asked that. So, the song is laced with um, like naturalistic metaphors. So, a lot of aquatic references to water, sharks. to <laughs> lace sharks, maybe in there. Um, but yeah, you know, usually I do these songs and I uh, try to let people know that translations are available online or they can hit me up after a show or whatever. But usually the response is people are just um, kind of floored by the sound, the beauty of the yeah. sound, you know. And especially it's fun, isn't it? They hear to hear this. Your voice is gorgeous. Thank yeah. you. And you can imagine it with like six other people. We have it. We're, we're onboarding a new accordion player um, in Kuwaitiana. We have... Um, a new bassist, and then the other four or five guys in there I've been playing with for three years. Okay. So it's like a beautiful wall of sound, and I. That's Kuisiana, and we can steal it off of Spotify and everything yeah. else. It's yeah. Available. Okay. Are you playing anywhere around here recently? Well, that would be up to you. I well, <laughs> I mean, well, aside we from have us. we have a high host show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. When? Uh, it's in December second. Nice. Yeah, we're using November to put out a music video and uh, kick out two two more tracks. Some kind of to trying to compartmentalize and not do everything all at once. Smart. Okay. Yeah. And you need to hear the new Andrew Duhon record as well called False River. Have yeah, I was that? on your uh, oh Facebook my. page today, actually. Nice. Yeah, really good stuff. And you Thanks. you were touring a whole bunch in October too, right? It's not just Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before that, but I can't remember before that because after you sleep <laughs> on a, in a tent for a week, you just lose everything. Before. <laughs> Blew everything out but, of your uh, mind. You know, and and kudos to you because uh, you know that's simply put, I think I think it's brave and amazing what you're doing. Uh, so keep venturing that way, you know, to to be yes. breaking new ground artistically yeah. into something that you know might not be uh, readily accepted by everybody. But what you're going to end up finding or doing, I predict, is inspiring people uh, it, through over wide reaches by doing so. So 
Thanks, dude. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I mean, me not too. just in, not just on Happy Hour, but in New Orleans. Just it's in really, New Orleans. Yes, right? it's yeah. a really cool. It could thing have been for anywhere us. and ended up being New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming coming here. Hey, listen, today's show has been brought to us by Basics Swimming Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion, swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basics Swimming Gym is next to the lingerie store, Basics underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue, and by Hangover, Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. You can go to hdestroyer.com and write happy hour on the coupon code. You'll get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And you too can seize the dawn, and thank you to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to be a member of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as a dollar a month, you too can get all kinds of free stuff. I don't know how much free stuff we're giving away, really, but <laughs> maybe we need to talk to some of these marketing people around yeah, the table here. Sounds like a good Everybody idea seems to, me. to know more free about stuff. marketing free than free us, Andrew. Merch, yeah. merch, merch. Yeah. So, Alex Rose in the Cajun Jew, thank you so much ah, for being here. Thank you, I appreciate That's it. That's awesome. We're looking forward to seeing the Fillmore, the inside of the Fillmore oh, at the yeah. Harris Casino. Well, I look forward to seeing especially y'all. Especially getting our free tickets. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> and, Andrew Preble, when does the extinction Thanks. department of the escape room yes, open? So, the escape extinction sharks opens at the aquarium on November 13th. So okay, pretty soon. November thirteenth. That's coming right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Coming right. Well, up. you must be freaking out. I'm glad that you took an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm trying to remain calm. You seem pretty calm, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had two or three of these drinks. Yeah, I did two what? drinks. So two. That's, that's not, not too bad. bad. Okay, yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. Andrew Duhon, where are we seeing you play around town these days? Uh, I, November twenty eighth, I believe, is a solo show at Chicky Wawa, mm. and then we do our Christmas thing at Carrollton Station oh, on December fifteenth. Right. Oh, so I love that show. Okay, that's that going to be cool. All right, yeah. looking. And Aziz, Louisiana is everywhere. Are you playing around town? Um, not in November. In November, okay. it's just for onboarding new people, okay. releasing some new content, and then our next show is going to be Hi Ho. Uh, on December 2nd with Montebank, which is an Austin-based band. Uh, they supported us when we played there, so we're supporting them here. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Man, this has been a fucking great show. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very interesting yeah, today. Thank, thank, thank you, you all for having. being here. That's been Happy Hour. Thank Another you for having me. You're welcome. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our music producers are Christian Unruh and Monique Pyle, and Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Our Facebook Live feed director is Asha Griffith, and our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about 60 minutes while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsnewwalmers.com. We can also check out many other happy hours we've made previously to this one, and some other shows we make around here as well, including Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Talker and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. Very appropriate for Halloween. By the way, haven't even mentioned Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. You can find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media like, for example, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all of it were called It's New Orleans, and you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos are taken today by Jill Lafleur, and you can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. It's a whole Cajun theme here today. If you're listening to this show on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you have one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours, a production of I Know Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. Happy Halloween. We'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hours.